Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. The Women's World Cup Show. It's a really, really good finish. I love goals like that on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. Good news, Lionesses fans. England captain Millie Bright is fit enough to start against Haiti. It was a relief that I'd made it and I kind of could tell myself that eventually. So, yeah, it was definitely nice when I finally hit that that first training session with the team and I knew that I was, yeah, on my way. The question is, who will partner her in the centre of defence? Manager Serena Wiegmann is staying tight-lipped. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, basically I've, I've decided, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least she knows. That's, that's a, a good piece of news. Uh, we'll hear from Times football writer Molly Hudson on the Mary Earps row with Nike over goalkeeper kits and hear how Lionesses legend Ellen White thinks her former teammates will get on at the World Cup. There's so many things that, that have to happen to win a tournament. Um, so many things have to go right. Um, you can play the best game of your lives and, you know, you can still go out. Loads to get through. Thanks for being with us. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Chloe Kelly and you can listen to the Women's World Cup on TalkSport. Happy Friday, you lovely lot. How are you doing? Did you enjoy day two of the tournament? Delighted to say that former Chelsea and England defender and World Cup bronze medalist Claire Rafferty is with me. How you doing, Raf? Hey, Faye. How's it going? Really well, thank you. It's a delight to see you. Thanks for being with us. Um, so much to get through. I, I, have you had fun watching the tournament so far? I have, indeed. The early mornings are lucky that I like coffee, so I can get up early, <laughs> bright and early to, to watch the games and make sure I'm not missing out on any of the goals that are going in. Yeah, it makes you feel like you've got the whole day ahead of you, isn't it, when you get up at two in the morning? <laughs> uh, right, we are going to be going through all of the action from day two later in the show. But first, the time is almost upon us. England's opening Group D match against Haiti, which we have live commentary of on TalkSport on Saturday morning from 10.30, uh, is almost here. The big news coming out of the England camp today is that Captain Millie Bright is going to be fit to start that opening Group D match, which is brilliant news, Ralph. Yeah, amazing news. Really happy to hear that. I think Millie Bright's such a key player for, for England in terms of experience um, and winning games and actually leading her team through. So, yeah, really, really good news. Let's hear from the England captain now. Talk Sports England reporter Courtney Sweetman-Kirk was with her at the Brisbane Stadium earlier on today and started by asking the Chelsea defender whether she feels the tournament being held later in the year has actually helped with the timeline of her injury. Yeah, I think that is probably the only bonus of the game, the tournament being a little bit later is, you know, if you pick up an injury at the back end of the season, you've got that time to make a decision. For me, it was getting the op um, and then it just gave me that little leeway, really, to get my recovery. And even if there was a blip in recovery, you've still got enough time to get around it. But um, yeah, I definitely think when it comes to an injury, that little bit of extra time was a blessing for me. So obviously you've probably known before is that you were fully fit, but have you had that moment now where... Have you let yourself dream a little bit, think about that moment where you're going to finally walk out with the team as England captain? Yeah, I was just saying previously that not everyone obviously sees what's happening from the outside, but I've been with the team for quite a while now. And um, yeah, I think we've we've really been united in this, this prep leading up to this. And I think everyone's been prepared and everyone's been ready for whatever situation played out, whether I was not ready or whatever that might look like. So I think as a team, we always stay prepared. Um, but yeah, I think obviously as soon as I'd gone back with the team and I think you know 
with yourself as well. I I kind of knew my gut feeling that you know I'd, I'd it was a relief that I'd made it, and I kind of could tell myself that eventually. Um, so yeah, it was definitely nice when I finally hit that that first training session with the team, and I knew that I was yeah on my way. I'm just wondering in terms of the contact with with Leah Williamson back at home. Has there been much other you know than in, in a friendship group, or have you know spoke to her about the captaincy, about the pressures that come with it? Um, not so much the pressures. I think we had a really good. Um, we've got a really good leadership group, um, and I think even with Leah not being here, she's always kind of involved in that. But as I said, football you have to look forward, move forward, um, and we've got you know the leadership group continues, um, and now other players have to step up, which they have, and yeah, we're ready to to all lead the team together. So the statement that went out on your social media around the bonuses, you were saying you're not on social media, so I'm guessing that's sort of externally managed. Again, is that something that you did purposely to think, right, with your, your fitness getting back to that, that, that needed to be done externally so you could focus fully on getting fit for the tournament? Yeah, obviously not on social, so I did have to log back in, keep my eyes shut. Um, but, I th- you know, it was absolutely vital that, you know, we united as a team, which we did with, if anything, situations like this bring us closer as a as a group. Um, and, you know, we all agreed that I was to put it on mine. So I had to log back in, post it and immediately came back off. Um, and obviously everyone's seen that the girls shared from there. It was a collective. We did absolutely everything as one. Um, but yeah, like we said, we've now drawn the line for now and full focus on the tournament. Um, so yeah, we're ready to go. And going into the tournament, the first three games, there's been quite a VAR presence in terms of obviously domestically, it's not something that you deal with week in, week out. So is it something that you've maybe chatted about with Serena or as a group and especially you as a defender, maybe just yeah. even your defending position, the way that you think about it now? Yeah, 100%. It is, it is obviously a, a difference. You have to, it's definitely in the back of your mind. You do have to think about it and um, know that, that that's in the game. Uh, but I think we've all played with with VAR now so I think everyone's aware of it but as always we always do our our meetings around it and kind of just uh, revisiting the topic really and making sure everyone's yeah gets that back in their head ready for the games. Yeah VAR you just kind of forget that that was uh, Millie Bright speaking to uh, Talk Sports Courtney Sweetman Kirk you forget about that Raf don't you VAR could you have imagined that back in your day? You know what, I'm actually really loving the show, the showcase from the referees when they announce it. It's quite dramatic, isn't it? So I think I would have quite enjoyed that. Um, I do think there have been, I think there's been penalties in almost every game, if I'm correct in saying. Um, Mm. VAR has been been used uh, quite a lot. So yeah, it's it's good to have it. You know, it's good to actually make sure that those mistakes aren't being made in such a high profile games and high pressure ad games. So yeah, I am quite enjoying the, uh, the shout outs from the referees for sure. Yeah, they're big shoes to fill as well, aren't they, for Millie Bright? Leah Williamson obviously missing, but, you know, she's clearly got those leadership qualities, but you, you know her a little bit better than, than the rest of us. What's she actually like in the dressing room? You know what, Millie Bright, she's fearless. Um, ever since she she came into the Chelsea team um, as, as a young player, she stood out straight away as someone who was just not afraid to make mistakes. And sometimes having been injured, and I've spent quite a lot of my career coming back from injury, so I know that you can actually enter games with a bit of fear. But someone like Millie, I don't feel like that is actually going to be something that she's even thinking about. I think she looks at, you know, for the fact of the situation, she's now recovered, she had the operation. Yes, she hasn't played a game since, I think, March. Um, but I, I think, you know, her dedication off the pitch to getting those little details correct and right to make sure that she is both physically and mentally fit, I think she'll put that behind her and obviously take on that captaincy role and lead the girls out. Yeah. Um, Courtney also spoke with England manager Serena Viegman. Have a listen to this. She asked her what the feeling's like in camp ahead of that opening game on Saturday. Well, we've been here for almost three weeks now. Uh, It has been really good. Our prep camp in Sunshine Coast and now uh, here in Brisbane, uh, we've really... um, yeah, we've done good things uh, on pitch, off pitch. Um, uh, got a little bit feeling of Australia, which is really nice too. And now we're really ready to go. We have been waiting for a long time too. And we're so happy and excited that it will start for us tomorrow. It's fantastic news that Millie Bright's fully fit. That adds the consistency to the back line. But you know, since the Euros, we've seen a lot of changes due to injury, due to retirement. So is that a hindrance for you coming into the tournament? Or is it actually a, a good thing that you've been able to experiment a little bit? 
Yeah, well, I think um, um, it's it's good that we have we have 23 players fit. That for the for, for that's uh, very important. And over the like we started the 19th of June, and over those weeks we have tried in training sessions, of course, uh, players in 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 their position, and there's competition going on in that position. Also in the friendly and in the closed door match, we have uh, tried out a lot of things. Uh, lots of players got minutes, so that's really good to get prepared. And during the season, as you said, yes. Yeah, some players have been in in moments or have been injured, so that gives other players opportunities. Just just like now, that's part of top sport too. So um, other players get the opportunities to step up, take responsibility, and that's um, yeah. Hopefully that will go in a good direction for us. Yeah, we saw a lot of consistency with your team at the Euros. You've you've picked it for for Saturday. I know you're not going to tell me, but in terms of going forward, is, is that going to be again? We see a lot of consistency from your eleven, or will there be maybe more changes than we used to? Yeah, you don't know that ahead of a tournament, and that was not one of my plans before we went into the Euros. It just developed that way, and players stayed fit and performed well. And tactically, we didn't uh, felt the urge to change anything. I don't know how this tournament goes. We know that we have 22 players who are at this moment all fit, are all ready to go, and we'll see tomorrow when we start how easy goes, what's necessary in the game, and um, when that's finished, then we look forward to the next game. I'm just wondering around the bonuses, the girls have said how supportive you've been, but obviously you're in the middle of the girls and your team and, and the FA as a federation. I just wonder, have you struggled handling that at all? No, I haven't struggled handling that. I just want to be supportive, but just in the process, because the content of that is something between the players and the FA, and they have had good conversations. And uh, what I want to do is if they need me in anything in, in conversation or connection, then I'm there and I'll support. And um, that's what I have done. I haven't done that much uh, because it's there and they're adults and they really know what they want. Um, so And that will continue after the World Cup. And finally, in the, in the first three games of the tournament, we've seen quite a VAR present. So I just wondered in terms of, I know, you know most of the players will have played with VAR, but domestically it's not week in, week out. So is it something that you know, you've, you've coached the players with, that you've talked about in the analysis sessions? Yeah, well, we've we've practiced with VRR too, uh, and I think this. But it's not a women women's super league. Um, I think well, what I say all the time: the growth of the game. Let's let's. I think we have to do the right thing at the right time. And now at the World Cup, it's good that we have it. Supports the referees, and sometimes, it, yeah, it, it impacts the game a little bit, but it becomes a little bit honest too. So um, yeah, we um, we are aware of it, and we know then there's a far moment that we have to be a little bit patient. Let's speak to our England reporter, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk now. Good to have you with us, Courtney. Great interviews uh, with Millie Bright and Serena Viegman there. How were they? And uh, what exactly was the vibe like? Uh, everyone should be pretty relieved, shouldn't they, that, that Millie Bright is back? Yeah, I think it, it's fantastic for Millie to be back. The sort of smile um, and beam on her face saying, look, I'm fully fit, um, was fantastic to see. And, and certainly she definitely adds a lot to that back line. So I think everyone, uh, fans, players, management alike, are, are glad to see her back. But I think the overall vibe was the fact that they're down to business now. Obviously, there's been a not, lot of noise around the camp regarding the bonuses um, and everything about the, the Mary Earp shirt coming out recently as well in, in terms of fans not being able to buy that. But I think... Yeah, the the vibe I got was look they they want to leave that now and park that where it is and, and solely from now on it's about the football. Courtney, we never really get much out of Serena uh, Vigman in terms of team news. So what do you think? Who do you think should partner Millie Bright at centre back? No, we don't. She always holds her cards very close to her chest, Serena Vigman. Um, but for me, it's a difficult one, and and I keep thinking about this, and and my mind keeps changing. Um, in terms of you know you've got Jess Carter. Um, and Alex Greenwood, I think they're quite interchangeable. I like seeing Alex in, in the centre-back role, to be fair. But also, you know, she's a great full-back. Um, and, and the same thing, you can put Jess Carter in that left-back position. I know she's not naturally left-footed, but she, she has played there for England. Um, and again, you can play her at centre-back. And, and then the other option is is Lotta Wubin Moy. Just start her at centre-back and then it's a straight shootout uh, between Alex and Jess for that left-back position. So... You know, Serena, again, spoke about headaches and I think that's a good thing to have now. Obviously, I know we've got the injuries with, with players not being able to, to make the squad, but the squad that's there, 
Serena again reiterated fully fit. She's got a full complement to choose from and she's definitely got some headaches. Yes, so many headaches. I'm going to get Raf's opinion actually on that centre-back uh, position uh, in a minute. But before we let you go, Courtney, what's Brisbane actually like in terms of the uh, England fans? Are there plenty of them gathering ahead of the game tomorrow? Yeah, I think it, there's definitely more fans about as the week's grown on. We've been here since Monday and, and day by day the, the city's got a lot busier. Uh, we've seen a lot more England fans. I sat down with a couple today, actually. Well, one England fan that now lives in Australia and the other um, an Aussie. So they were having some great banter um, about the Lionesses and the Matildas. But, you know, it's all taken in good faith. The, the fan parks, again, been been brilliant. It's been a good atmosphere. Um, I hear that the England fans are wanting to do a fan walk tomorrow as well through the city. They'll be doing that before the game. So, yeah, it's all shaping up to be a fantastic day for the Lionesses. Brilliant. Absolutely cannot wait for that. Great stuff as always. Thank you, Courtney. Enjoy the game. Cheers, guys. Speak to you soon. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk there, TalkSport's England reporter out in Brisbane. Right, this is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker others and World Cup bronze medalist Claire Rafferty with you. Coming up, we're going to take a closer look at England's opponents, Haiti. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Don't forget, the TalkSport Network is the place to be for all things Women's World Cup. We'll have live commentary from all of England and Republic of Ireland's matches, plus updates on other games throughout the tournament. Live commentary of England's opening match against Haiti is on Saturday at 10.30 on TalkSport. Joe Shannon and World Cup bronze medalist Leanne Sanderson, your commentary team. Uh, thanks for being with us. We're going to look ahead to that game a little bit more in depth. I'm Faker Others, former Chelsea and England defender Claire Rafferty is with me. Um, less than 24 hours now until that match. So let's talk a little bit more about England's North American opponents. They're one of eight teams making their World Cup debut. They've climbed their way up the FIFA World Rankings. Quite incredible, really. They're now 53rd in the world and certainly not to be underestimated either. They beat Senegal and then had a shock victory over Chile in the playoff finals that were held in New Zealand back in February, uh, clinching one of the last spots at the World Club Cup. So their journey to the tournament has been nothing short of inspirational, really. And it's a team who bring resilience and ambition with them in spades. Uh, we're talking about the side who've not even been, un been allowed to train in their own, own country because of excessive violence and uh, the population out there is still recovering, as you know, from a number of devastating earthquakes as well. So they've had so much stacked against them and they're now about to face the European champions at their first ever World Cup. Uh, before we take a look at them in, in detail, um, Claire, how beneficial is it for the women's game that this newly expanded tournament with 32 teams in it now allows countries like Haiti to take their place on the international stage? I think it's, you know, it's actually inspiring to see some of these teams that haven't had the exposure. And I think that's exactly what we've been calling out for and crying out for over the years. We need some of these countries to get increased exposure so that young girls and boys within their own countries can see that they have the ability to be professional footballers. Um, and I think that visibility is key. Um, and we can talk about maybe highlighting the gaps in terms of infrastructure and investment. But I think the, the starting place is actually involving them in the tournaments, giving them the exposure, and then hopefully that leading on to long-term investments in that infrastructure and, and making a change. Yeah, these two teams haven't played each other before. There are some worries that Haiti's unknown style of play could prove a bit of a challenge for the Lionesses. Obviously, the coaching team will have done their, their due diligence, but what should England be expecting? Look, I, I think they'll be expecting a low block, um, an organised team. They do have some, some key players, the likes of... Um, I don't think I'm going to pronounce the name properly, but Demorne, who's is you know really highly rated youngster, um, who has completed the move to to French side Lyon. So, I think you know they do have some key players who can um, create that spark within the team. But one of the big things I've been reading is that the goalkeeper's five foot four, and I think that's something that England are going to be wanting to take advantage of. Well, we've got some players in our team that, that love a long-range effort, haven't we? So uh, so that could be certainly interesting. Do, do you think it's going to be tight or are we going to see a comfortable scoreline for England? I think if England get an early goal, I think we could be looking at, at double figures and that's what I'm hoping for. 
Um, I know there's the debate around, you know, will that actually highlight the gap in, in, in women's football and how well will that be uh, received around the world? But look, I th- I'm expecting a high number of goals. I want to see that. I want England to send a message to the rest of the world. And yeah, I think that's the expectation on, on these Lionesses. Yeah, it's going to be incredible, isn't it? And and just finally from you on this game, you know, we mentioned with Courtney earlier, the question mark around who plays with Millie Bright um, at centre-back. I, I want your predicted 11, if possible, and, and, and who's with her. What what does that back line look like? OK, so the back line, I've been debating with myself around this. I, I think that initially I was going to go for Carter partnering Bright, just in terms of, you know, they've been playing together at Chelsea. They know each other quite well and it gives a bit of stability there. But um, I think given the nature of the opposition, I think what we will be seeing is Greenwood in the, in the centre with, with Millie Bright and maybe Carter on the left. Um, and and, I, and the reason why I think they, they might go for, for Greenwood is just to actually start the build-up of play, I think, in terms of technical ability at the back. Um, that's what I'm expecting to see. And then, you know, the decision about the, the, the front players you know who's going to play is it going to be Beth England or, or Rachel Daly or Russo but I think they're going to go with um, James and, and, and uh, Daly up up top um, in maybe a slightly uh, 4-4-2 old school but maybe I'm being outlandish here. I've not yeah I've not not seen Serena Vigman do that although you know we, we we saw in that Portugal game how exciting Lauren James was when she moved um, out from from wide and you know she can she can be potent for sure very exciting uh, don't forget again I'm just going to keep telling you where you can listen uh, to this incredible opening match of the Women's World Cup for England they play Haiti at 10:30 and we've got build up from 10 o'clock on Talk Sport I'll be in the hot seat for that one and Leanne Sanderson and Joe uh, Shannon will be your commentary team. One player that we do know will definitely be starting unless some awful injury happens. Fingers crossed I am not now jinxing her is uh, England's number one, Mary Earps. And as England fans get themselves ready to put on their Lionesses shirts and support the team tomorrow, it's emerged that there is one particular shirt fans aren't able to purchase. England's number one goalkeeper has hit out at Nike after it was revealed Mary Earp's shirt won't be available to buy for the World Cup. It wasn't available at the Euros last year earlier, but she was told that was because of a production fault and she believed the issue would be fixed before the World Cup. But she actually found out back in April that Nike's commercial strategy didn't include selling her shirt she found that out at the pm at the promotional photo shoot when the goalkeepers weren't needed for it uh, the, when you think about it the decision's even more shocking given that Earps won the FIFA best award last year and she told the media how the decision not to sell it was both disappointing and hurtful uh, Molly Hudson from the Times was part of that conversation and she joins us now how are you doing Mol? Hey Faye I'm good thank you um it was a, it was a real pleasure to to speak to Mary really I think it was one of those subjects where you know you could tell it was something that was really coming from my heart and I think quite often you you sit on press conferences and interviews and you kind of get the same old lines don't you from players a little bit of PR and you could tell this wasn't the case at all you know this is genuinely something that she really wanted to speak about and and sadly is kind of the the last straw really because sadly she's run out of time to really do anything about it. Yeah, I feel as if maybe, you know, if we'd have known about this beforehand, would would there have been time to put pressure on Nike? I mean, what what explanation, if any, have they given to, to the shirt not being available? Um, I, I can say I personally contacted Nike uh, and they declined to comment. Um, I think it, it, it's something that's been going on in the background for several months now. As as you say, she she found out in April when she wasn't part of that promotional campaign and she realised that, you know, there's something going wrong here. She She's held talks um, with Nike personally. She offered to personally pay the production costs. So, you know, the Times understands that it's not in Nike's commercial strategy, but obviously there's an argument there that, Mary was completely willing to to kind of take the any financial hit that there would have been because she's had so many fans get in touch with her about this. Um, so I think it, I, I think she actually said she sort of now knowing that there's not a resolution wishes she had come out and said it sooner. But I think for all intents and purposes, she was trying to do the right thing, thinking I'll deal with this behind closed doors. Obviously, Nike are a big England sponsor, so it's not easy for her to, to you know, speak out against a sponsor of the England team. 
and this really did, you know, as I say, feel like the 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 final straw. You know, nothing is going to get sorted now. And and as you say, we had it at the Euros. Now we're here again, and I think she she's just so so disappointed, really, that that this is the case. And you know what, I I must say, it, it isn't just Mary. You look at some of the other teams that are Nike sponsored. You've got America. You've got the hosts, Australia, who will obviously have huge interest in them. But Adidas too aren't um, aren't selling goalkeeper shirts. So it it's just a a real shame, I guess, that maybe it's naive of me, but I would just expect every player at this World Cup you would be able to buy their shirt. You wouldn't consider that goalkeepers just you just can't. Which it it, it seems crazy to think about. Well, it also, what does it say to young girls who maybe want to play that position going forward? And it's it's a position that, you know, probably in the past remained, you know, very, there's one spot and, you know, they're shot stoppers and that's pretty much it. But we're now talking about players who are integral to the team. Look at the New, New Zealand goal yesterday that started from Victoria Essen, the Rangers goalkeeper, you know, making that move down the right-hand side. Um, I, I, I kind of, they've got, they're prominent in the team. I mean, they've always been prominent in the team. I'm not doing any disservice or disrespect to, to the game previously, but I just don't really understand it. And I, I don't think it sends out the right message. As Mary pointed out, her her shirt, which... So you can buy a women's goalkeeper shirt through clubs. So you can buy a Manchester, a Manchester United Mary Earp shirt. But because men's and women's club shirts are the same design... It's essentially just a men's goalkeeper kit with the Earp's name on the back. So it's not a women's fit, but at least you can get something. And that shirt, it sold out. It was the third most popular women's shirt at Manchester United. I can only assume behind Ella Toon and Alessio Russo. Um, and as Mary pointed out, surely that shows that there is a market for these kits. I, I think you would certainly argue that somebody like Earp's who was such a big part of that Euros triumph last summer, you imagine she would have been one of the more popular Lionesses shirts, really. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there is an argument to to say that perhaps England could have used the same goalkeeper's kit that Jordan Pickford wears for, for England men, but equally, kind of, why should they? Um, but, you know, if that's the case um, at club level, maybe that is some kind of compromise in in the middle. Um, <laughs> I, I, pers- I absolutely love her shirt, by the way, for this tournament. And, and this is what this is a massive PR disaster as far as I can see. Yeah, it's just a real shame, and and I, I I just felt bad for Mary to be honest. Listening to her talk, and she was saying that the players were discussing at the dinner table, you know, what shirts they'd managed to get for their friends and family, and she was saying that her friends and family were going to travel to Australia and just wear normal clothes because she also felt that it didn't sit right with her that that fans, you know, people were having to go out and buy a, an outfield shirt and put. Earp's number one on it she said that that doesn't sit right with her either because that that's not right but you know fans are are kind of having to do their own thing because there's just not really an option out there for them so I think it really it's just a shame when you consider how incredible Mary Earps is as a goalkeeper voted the FIFA best goalkeeper in 2022 um it is walking walking red carpets with with Arsene Wenger in one minute and then the next minute, no fans can buy a, a shirt. It, it just feels like a real step backward for the game. Yeah, it really does. Uh, just very quickly, one last question, Molly. How does this resolve going forward? I mean, I can't see anything being done over the next four weeks during the tournament, obviously, but surely there's got to be some kind of resolution at some point and, and hopefully a statement from Nike. I think there's a hope that Mary now speaking out, speaking to the media means that the subject will at least be talked about as as we are doing now. Hopefully that will draw attention to it. I, I certainly think from from my own social media and from some of the other reporters, there's there's a lot of fans that feel very strongly about this. And I think the hope is that by the next major tournament, we won't be sat here having the same conversation. But I think Mary was was fairly sceptical as to as to whether that would be the case, given she was pretty convinced that it would be sorted out for this tournament and it hasn't been. So, yeah, I guess just just the hope that, you know, England can have a good tournament. She admitted her her negotiating power probably does revolve around that. You know, if you're if you're trying to say to the World Cup winning goalkeeper that, that you can't then have a shirt, then it takes it to an even bigger level. So, 
yeah, I think that that's certainly Mary's hope that she can go out there, have a good tournament, use this as, as fuel, as added motivation, and then hopefully not be in this scenario again in, in 12 months' time. Yeah, absolutely. It has been all across the Talk Sport Network, every single show talking about this. So hopefully some kind of resolution will come from this further down the line. Thank you very much, Molly. Uh, take care and uh, yeah, speak to you perhaps after after the Haiti game. Enjoy it. Thank you. Molly Hudson there from The Times. This is the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Claire Rafferty with you. Coming up next, we'll round up all the action from day two of the tournament. Hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold and our current faves. In. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2 in association with Zero small business accounting software and proud partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Uh, TalkSport have live commentary of all England and Republic of Ireland's games across the network. Thanks for choosing to be with us. I'm Faker Others. World Cup bronze medalist Claire Rafferty is alongside me. So a few matches to update you on today. Let's start with Spain, shall we? We got to see one of the tournament favourites in action as they went up against Costa Rica. Charlotte Richardson was watching for TalkSport. Yes, full time. The Group C opener finishes Spain free, Costa Rica nil. Spain's three goals coming in the space of six minutes in the first half. From the start, Spain were dominating and their relentless pursuit of the Costa Rica goal was rewarded on 21 minutes. Defender Valeria Del Campo turning into her own net. Etana Bonmati doubled Spain's advantage with a classy finish on the outskirts of the 18-yard area before Esther Gonzalez scored Spain's third, capitalising on a poor clearance in the area before doing what all good number nines should, showing composure to slot home. Further damage could have been inflicted, but Jennifer Hermosa's penalty was saved by Daniela Solero, who pulled off a fantastic displaying goal for Costa Rica to deny Spain any second half goals. A professional start, at least, to the tournament for Spain. Full time, Spain free, Costa Rica nil. That was Talk Sports Charlotte Richardson with the update there. And Spain, Raf, looked pretty comfortable for most of the game, but we should really spare a word there for the Costa Rican goalkeeper. As Charlotte mentioned, she was nothing short of heroic and really kept the goal difference down. Oh, yeah, she was absolutely incredible. Um, and I think she got cramped there in the second half, didn't she? And I, I think that is constituting to the fact that the number of saves that she actually made. And I, and I think I read a stat saying that she had more touches than any other teammate. So I think just, that just goes to show um, the, the resilience of that Costa Rican side. And, and I think it's, without the goalkeeper making some fantastic saves, it would have been of a, ho- a lot higher scoreline. 
Yeah, we saw the much-awaited return of Alexia Puteas as well, uh, made a second-half substitute appearance. Do you reckon she's going to play a big role in this tournament or are we going to see some other stars step up as they have done for Spain? Yeah, I, it's a good question. I, I think Pateas has got a, a huge reputation. She's a fantastic player. She's got the ability to change games and she's been out injured and I think it will be a slow introduction to her for her um, during the tournament. I think as we as the games go on, we'll, we will see her slowly be introduced. You might see her play, um, you know, more of, of the next game and then maybe start the, the, the last group group game and hopefully with Spain then then leading in into the, the the latter stages of the tournament but yeah it's really nice to see some other players step up um obviously Hamos unfortunately missed that penalty but they've got leaders from within the ranks and you know you can't fault Urban Matty there who I thought was fantastic throughout that first half yeah, fantastic finish, wasn't it, from her? And, you know, there were lots of question marks going into this tournament. We've talked about it on this pod previously, uh, given all the off-the-field antics that have been going on w- with Spain. They've obviously had this dispute between the players and the federation for a few months now. Three of the players seem to have apologised, Bonmati, one of them, and a, and a back in the, the squad. But there's still 12 of the key players that were involved in the Euros uh, missing because those 15 players from the national team sent that letter to the federation refusing to play for their country until changes were made Uh, namely they specified the detrimental impact that their coach Jorge Vilda was having on their mental health encouraging maybe for Spain fans that actually you know they, they seem to have put in a good performance here and leading into the tournament they were doing really well as well. Yeah it's shocking really isn't it that you know that number of players were, were that unhappy with um, training methods, match preparation and obviously the mental health that, that you mentioned before and um, for only three of them to return to this World Cup squad is, is kind of a, a statement that things still need to be changed and um, you know maybe yes it was a success for Spain on the pitch but maybe there's a lot more work to be done behind the scenes still. Yeah, certainly. Spain were not the only um, team in action, were they, on day two. We also saw Switzerland secure a comfortable 2-0 win over tournament first timers, the Philippines. And, you know, they started strong, the Philippines, didn't they? They even had a goal disallowed early on, we think, for offside. It wasn't obvious from the television replays, uh, but experience proved to be the deciding factor. What did you make of this one? Yeah, Ramona Backman, um, having played over at Chelsea, when she stepped up to take that penalty, I thought there was no doubt um, that she wasn't going to score that. Uh, I, I think, you know, Philippines, they made a good start to the game. I think they did frustrate um, Switzerland early on. That that goal that I, I actually celebrated for them when I, when I watched, I actually watched on the replay because it was that early in the morning. When I watched the replay back, I was um, overjoyed to see her face, the player's face, Katrina Galou, who thought she'd scored her first goal for, for the nation. But sadly, it, it was disallowed. But yeah, I think it was quite straightforward in the end from Switzerland. Um, for me... What I liked the most was, was seeing the likes of, um, you know, you've got uh, Reutler, who was almost at the, the pinnacle of everything that was positive for Switzerland. Uh, and then the experience from, from Leah Walty and Moritz there, which really led them through. Yeah, so 2-0 victory in the end for Switzerland means they top the group. They're above New Zealand just on goal difference in Group A. Of course, New Zealand beat Norway 1-0 yesterday. And actually, this sets it up for quite an interesting group, uh, RAF, because Norway are going to be desperate for wins, but both Switzerland and New Zealand have started really well and will want to continue momentum. Who makes it out of that group after just one game for you? Having watched Norway yesterday, I just think they just looked so lacklustre. Um, given the players that they have within the, within their ranks, it's just something that doesn't seem right within within the team and the setup there. And I think having you know lost that that game um, early on in the in in the in the um, tournament, I think it's going to be difficult for them to regain the confidence. So I know it's only been one game each, but I'm I'm going to say Switzerland, New Zealand to go through there. Switzerland, New Zealand. Excellent. OK, I'm quite uh, quite excited about that potentially because New Zealand, I think many people weren't, bearing in mind yesterday was the first ever World Cup game that they've managed to win, having, and this is the sixth time they've been in the tournament. I think that's, that's quite fascinating. Um, the debutants are fascinating me as well, actually, because the Philippines, one of eight teams making their debut disappointing start maybe um i mean i don't think you can call republic of ireland's performance yesterday disappointing because i thought they they easily could have come away with a draw against against australia but do you think any of the first timers are going to get very far 
You know, I think if, if any, any of them, it would be um, Republic of Ireland. And that's just not being me being biased because I've got a Rafferty surname. Um, but I, I think that, look, when we look at that group, I know it's a, it's a difficult group they're in, but I think defensively they are stronger than Nigeria. Um, I think they can um, get a win against Canada in, in the next few games. And, yeah, I just think they've, they've got, um, you know, a real spirit about them. So I think they will creep up the group. I know they're sitting bottom at the moment, but I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the next few games. We're going to talk about uh, Canada-Nigeria shortly, but any standout players so far for you in the opening two days? Oh, um, I think Bomati from today was was fantastic. Um, I think I feel like I've watched so many games already, but I think for me it has to be Bomati' ability to, uh, you know, j- just pick the ball up and, and navigate the box, especially considering she had about 10 Costa Rican players around her and was still able to, you know, actually conduct in there. I think for me so far, she's been my standout. Yeah, they had about 45, 46 shots, I think, Spain, and they only won 3-0 in the end, 12 of them on target, which shows how, how decent the goalkeeper was, to be fair. But uh, And by the way, if you're tired now, it's only day two. Uh, need to keep your energy up, Raf. Um, <laughs> you're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers. You've just been hearing the thoughts of former England and Chelsea defender Claire Rafferty. Coming up, we will round up that other game from day two and you'll hear from Lionesses legend Ellen White on her England tournament hopes. You're listening to the Women's World Cup Daily Show in association with Zero Small Business Accounting Software and proud partner of England. Women, dream bigger. If you do miss this episode live or you duck in halfway through, do not worry. We're also available on podcast. Plenty of places you can download us, but first head to the TalkSport app to find us. Uh, Faker Others and Claire Rafferty, World Cup bronze medalist back in... 2015 with England with you Uh, we need to wrap up the final game of day two don't we it was in group B there was some disappointment for the reigning Olympic champions Canada they could only secure a goalless draw against Nigeria you watched this one Raf what did you make of it yeah a decisive moment in the game um, and really surprised to see and the legend that is Christine Sinclair missed that penalty. Look, I, I think they're actually goal goals haven't been coming quite easily for Canada as as they they did in those Olympics. And I think that's been the question that's been been asked of the team. You have to give full credit to to Nigeria who who battled really well. Canada did dominate possession, but they didn't do much with it. And I think that's something that we have been seeing from from them. I think the question is around their attacking side. Yes, they've got Christine Sinclair, but you know they have been missing um, Jenny uh, Becky. Uh, due to an ACL injury, um, and then the likes of Jesse Fleming also um, didn't start the game. So I think, I think in terms of you know the role that Christine Sinclair typically would have played with those players on the pitch, she had to drop in slightly deeper and then um, further up the pitch. Uh, I feel like there wasn't as much movement from Jordan Hoytimer um, that we that we typically see. So yeah, quite a frustrating um, game from Canada. They're always tactically astute at the back, but I, I think questions will be asked. Um, of of their legend missing that penalty, and I do feel a bit sorry for her because it would have been her sixth World Cup to score in, if I'm right. Successive saying. goal, yeah. No, I know she she missed the opportunity to make history. Three hundred and twenty three caps uh, she had heading heading into this game, and she'll be so annoyed with herself. Still plenty of time for her to score, mind you. Um, but of course, this group has now opened up massively and given Republic of Ireland actually a little bit of hope because Nigeria and Republic of Ireland are clearly causing big headaches for for the two teams that I think everybody expected to easily progress out of Group B perhaps not the case and Nigeria were, were fantastic although they did pick up the first red card of this World Cup as well. Yeah I think it was a uh... A good call from from the referee in the end, um, quite a dangerous tackle. But as you mentioned, I think Nigeria, yes, they defensively they they you know they really nullified Canada's threats. But I do think Ireland will do a better job at doing that. And if they can nick a goal when they play against Canada, that's going to open the group wide up. Um, and yeah, I don't know. For me, I don't see Canada progressing. If I'm being honest. Wow. I mean, who would think that? The Olympic champions. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Which might open up a route. I mean, maybe Republic of Ireland kicking themselves even more for not uh, getting a draw at least out of that game with Australia. But, you know, we're going to see some fascinating games next week when the second matches in, in this group in particular 
um, takes place. You mentioned earlier on in the pod, actually, Raf, didn't you, about the penalties uh, being awarded every single game of the tournament so far, but only half of them con- converted. Is, is this something that we're going to see um, going forward? It's quite a low conversion rate and it's something that I, you know, pains me when we talk about penalties at World Cups, having having missed one back in 2011, um, which I'm holding my head in shame, as you can't see if you're listening. But yeah, I think it's a high pressure moment. Um, These players will, you know, be, especially if they're the the, the penalty taker and they're still on the pitch, they will be expected to score those those penalty kicks. And equally, the goalkeepers will be prepared. You know, they have their sheet sheets on their on their bottles, so they know you know which way the the player is going to go. And I think the Nigerian goalkeeper obviously did her homework prior to the game, and it was a great save. But yeah, I know Canada did get away with quite a few penalties um, that got them through the Olympics. So I don't think maybe their luck is quite as high in this tournament. But look, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh. It's only one game in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really glad that you, men- you mentioned the 2011 penalty because I certainly didn't want to do that. Uh, right, so the game's coming up on Saturday, uh, day three of the tournament. We've got four of them in Group E. USA will play Vietnam. That's at two o'clock in the morning UK time. Group F is Zambia, Japan. That's at 8 a.m. As I've told you on numerous occasions, we have England versus Haiti live commentary of on TalkSport a 10.30 kickoff with Leanne Sanderson and Joe Shannon and that's followed by updates of Denmark China also in Group D that's at one o'clock updates across the TalkSport network on all of those games and we wanted to kind of finish um, on a on an England note and a positive note and Lioness's all-time leading goal scorer Ellen White joined Alan Brazil and Dean Saunders on the breakfast show this morning and she was asked if this is going to be a successful tournament for the lionesses i hope so um yeah obviously it's, it's a tricky one isn't it obviously first game of the tournament um a little bit of nerves excitement obviously you've been waiting a while for this first game haiti the one of the lowest ranked teams so they always pose a bit of a threat um but no i think i think they'll be more than okay and to be honest it's all about getting the th- three points in that first game isn't it yeah ellen i'm just 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 bring us up to speed with this Nike goalkeeping kit. I, I don't, I don't quite get this to be honest. Why are they refusing to make, you know, a goalkeeper shirt? Yeah, I've got absolutely no idea. It's weird. a very strange one. It's very weird. And why wouldn't you want to create a, a goalkeeping kit because you've got budding goalies that would want yeah. that kit? And it's, a, it's a nice strip as well. It's not like it's a rubbish strip. It's nice. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. Uh, bonus row there. Hopefully they can put that out their minds now and get on with the game. Um, you know, this should have been sorted before, shouldn't it? Yeah, no, I think it, it's a conversation that needs to happen. I think that the girls are using their voice for for empowerment and to get what they deserve, um, not just from the Lionesses, but filtering right the way down. But yeah, I think it's super powerful. They've come together collectively and said, we're we're putting it to one side for now. And we will fully concentrate on the tournament, which I, I've got no doubt they will. But um, but really proud of the players, um, and hopefully hopefully there'll be more conversations. It's always ongoing these conversations, but hopefully something will get sorted um, sooner rather than later. Alan, do you think England can win the tournament? I mean, and and if not, who are the dangers? Yeah, I, I think they can win it. Yes, um, there's so many things that that have to happen. Does, to win a tournament um so many things have to go right um you could play the best game of your lives and you know you could still go out um but i i, I feel like usa obviously are, are one of the favorites they're, they're going for their third major tournament in a row um germany obviously were in the final with england last summer in the euros australia a co-host so yeah i think it's um yeah i think it's going to be an exciting tournament now uh, Ellen, you've been working in partnership with the National Lottery to help the rise of women's football in England, and it has been a fantastic rise, but it's got to be kept going, hasn't it? Oh, 100%. You know, from since I was playing, just the amount of girls now playing football is absolutely phenomenal, especially at a grassroots level. And yeah, thanks to obviously the National Lottery players for for helping with that funding, over £50 million pounds has been put in over the last 10 years which is absolutely amazing for the growth of the game and you know since we won the Euros over 200 new teams have been formed which just gives opportunity and accessibility to, to young girls to be able to to play football. Brilliant stuff there uh, England's all-time leading goal scorer Ellen White speaking to Alan Brazil and Dean Saunders on the breakfast show earlier and you know it's really important isn't it what that Euro success RAF has, has done for grassroots football in this country. 
Yeah, indeed. Uh, I, I think having that visibility there, having that big stage and the excitement, I think it was the excitement that was around the whole tournament and, you know, being able to see the, these women players as role models for, the, for these young girls and boys and how that does influence grassroots football and the investment that goes into that. Look, when I was younger, I didn't have the ability to play in a local girls team because there wasn't any. And I think that's changing now. And that's how we uh, continue with the success of, of, the, of the Lionesses and with our league as well. Okay, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. It felt a little bit as if Ellen had some splinters in her backside when she was uh, saying the runners and riders. So I'm counting on you to give me some proper answers here, Raf. Um, how far are England going to go first and foremost? And your prediction for the Haiti game as well? Look, I, I, th- I think um, there are high expectations on England's shoulders. I think... For some reason, I I want to say yes that we're going to go all the way and win it, but I've just got a feeling that someone the likes of Australia or you know the, a team that we're not expecting to kind of n- not knock us off our pedestal a little bit, but challenge us in a different way. World Cup to different challenges to Euros, and um, I I do see a final of 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 teams like USA versus Australia if that's even possible. I haven't looked at the kind of the whole the whole map of how that would work out. It is possible. Okay, well then. That's what I'm going for. And I don't like to say it because I want England to win. So now I sound like I don't want England to win, but obviously I do. Um, But I think it's going to be a bumpy ride. I'm hoping to see them there, but I've just got a feeling it might be slightly different. And and you'd said double figures for, for Haiti. That, that might come back and haunt you. No, it, no. I, look, I think early on we're looking at a, a straightforward game for England and I think that's, that it's going to go in a successful uh, way for England if they do get an early goal. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just see what, what the other games hold for us. Brilliant stuff. Raf, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Faye. Take care. Special podcast for you on Saturday after England's opening match against Haiti. Don't forget, you can listen to live commentary of that game on TalkSport as well. It's a 10.30 kickoff. Joe Shannon and Leanne Sanderson are your commentary team and we'll be building up to it from 10 o'clock. Uh, thank you, though, to Claire Rafferty, to Serena Viegman, Millie Bright, Ellen White, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk, Molly Hudson, producers Maya Anuma, and, of course, all of you, as ever, for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the shows live you can download the women's world cup show via the talk sport app our next show is saturday where we'll analyze england's match against haiti and round up all the action from day three next here on talk sport 2 extra time with martin kellner hold that please level five thank you ah you must be one of our new interns yeah hi nice to meet you hi now the most important thing to know is to earn uh, the bypassal rise plug sale the most important thing is what sorry the single most important thing is to work in the channelized Bing Bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.